Well, like Chris said, welcome home. Um, do you guys like your new building? Yeah. Feels good. Um, man, we're so thankful uh, to be here. I mean, this is just getting better and better. Uh, and we're, we're really thinking that this is going to be the beginning of some pretty unbelievable new things coming. How many of you believe that we're entering into a new season? And uh, I love it when God will do something in the natural that reflects what's happening in the spirit. And, and that's what we kind of feel like this has been for us, is that this has been us stepping into a new space in the natural that's symbolic of what he's taking us into in the supernatural. Uh, and really, very simply, that's what these next three weeks are really all about. We have two simple goals over these next three weeks as we're planning into this big launch where we're going to pack this room on September 2nd. And that's this. Our two simple goals are encounter and clarity. We, we want to encounter God unlike we ever have before, individually, corporately. And we want to get clear on how not just practically this space is going to function, but how we can be involved in seeing the kingdom of heaven advance in our day. And, and so encounter and clarity is going to be kind of the theme over these next couple of weeks, and uh, we've got a really funny uh, uh, sermon series title, but I'm just not going to tell you about it just yet, okay? Cliffhanger, because I need to take care of some business first, and that is that honor needs to be given where honor is due. And anytime you do something new, two things always happen. The first is new always equals momentum. Okay, you do something new, there's always momentum behind it. The second thing, new always means chaos because you've never done it before, right? And I just want to say that today has been peaceful because of the incredible hard work of our team, Andrew and Emily and Moses and Sarah and Chris and Christy and Liz. Just hours and hours and hours of late nights, Home Depot runs, planning, drawing pictures, hanging banners, you know, I mean, it's been quite the preparation season, but today has felt peaceful because of their preparation. And so if you see one of them, hug them, give them a high five, um, if it's appropriate, maybe a little that a boy on the booty, um, and let them know that you're thankful for all their hard work, okay? Uh, and also, I just want to give a special shout out to our lighting and our AV team. Uh, it's been a lot of work to pull this off on every level, but to walk into an environment like this and for them to transform it uh, into what feels like our uh, personal church experience uh, is a lot of work. And so thank you, both Michaels and Chris on audio and Mason and Sophia and everybody else that helped out with lighting. Uh, you guys are amazing. Um, but, you know, we have this thing that we do around here that's often replicate, replicated, never duplicated, and that is the award of the golden hammer. And um, the, the golden hammer goes to people who go above and beyond what you could even imagine is possible for somebody to serve. And um, we gave this guy a nickname when we, made it, when we met him. We call him the great shammy, the shamwow, the shamster. And uh, similar to a shamwow, do you guys know what those are? right? You didn't realize how much you needed it until you have it, right? Have you ever worked with one of these sham wows, right? Amazing, these towels that absorb up everything, 
It's phenomenal. And you're like, you see it on an infomercial. You're like, I don't need that. Someone gives you one. You're like, how do I live without it? Right. That, that really we gave this name to him because his name was Jacob Shambly. And so we thought the chamois, but he is actually, that's ended up being prophetic because he, we didn't even know how bad we needed him until we got him. Every single cart that was built for us to transport all of our stuff to this facility was built by the Shamster. He has been serving hours upon hours upon hours. He was here yesterday till 5 p.m. So Shammy, where are you? He's probably out in the parking lot. There he is. The Shamster gets a golden hammer. It should be a golden sledgehammer. We love you, bro. We love you. Come on. All right, you guys ready to get down to business? Time to go to work. Time to go to work. This name of my series is Buckets, Not Balloons. Buckets, Not Balloons. All right, everybody know what I'm talking about? Let's pray. God, help them. Really help me. Lord, we do just ask that every word I'm going to speak is going to be from your mouth for us. God, anything that's not of you, remove it. We just want you. Jesus, we're just here for you. So come and and transform this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Anybody ever mess with a water balloon launcher? I don't even know if they make these things anymore. I got introduced to them in 1997, have only used one once, and have never seen one since, mostly because water balloon launchers are sketchy. All right, serious pain can be inflicted upon an individual by a water balloon launcher. Now, I told you I got introduced to this in 1997. 1997, I was in high school. I was on my way to a hybrid kind of beach outreach. Have you guys ever heard of beach reach? Anybody heard of that, right? It was kind of a hybrid beach reach mixed with a youth camp. So it was a both. It was together. Honestly, it was powerful. I still remember all that God did over those past, over those weeks when we, or excuse me, over that week that we were there. It was a phenomenal time. But we arrived a little early. And so our youth leaders wanted to get rid of us, right? How many of you ever worked with youth? You get your front row in heaven, okay? You, you know who's godly because when they serve in youth. You have to be godly to work with young people. I'm just going to say it. Our youth are sitting in the front row. We love you, but you're challenging. Okay, so. And so our youth leaders were like, you guys are driving us crazy. We've got a couple of hours to kill. Why don't you guys just go hang out on the beach? We're like, cool, cool, cool. So we, me and a couple of my buddies go to the beach. Now, my best friend had his backpack on. I had no idea that he was packing heat at this point. I just thought he had his backpack on trying to look cool, right? So we're walking, and all I hear is just like, oh, yo, this is perfect. And I'm like, what, man? And he's like, look over there. I'm like, what, dude? He's like, look at those sand dunes. I was like, cool, cool, cool. He's like, hey, let's go in there. I got a water balloon launcher in my backpack with some water balloons. And we'll hide in the sand dunes and let's hurl them at people as they're walking on the beach. (laughs) Now, of course, I'm godly, right? I'm like, bro, we can't do that. That's irresponsible. We, 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 that we might hurt somebody. No, that's not at all what I said. I was like, bet, let's go. <laughs> and so we find this perfect dune that's like got this high lip on it. It's, and we're probably, I don't know, like 50, 70 yards from the ocean. And we like get all set up and we got a couple guys with us and we get it all kind of dialed in. And then these two people come walking and stop 
like right at the lip of the water, probably about 70 yards away from us. Perfect. And so we go, let's do it. You know, so we get all set and just shoot and completely overshoot them. Like, I mean, we are 150, 200 yards. I mean, just like they don't even know what happened. So like battle-hardened soldiers running an artillery gun, we adjusted ourselves. And we send another one with the battle cry of all young people, send it! We like peek over the top of the dune just in time to see this water balloon missile hurling down and explode. Y'all thought I was going to throw it. And exploding literally inches from the feet of this dude that was standing there. We are dying laughing, dude, just like hysterics because this guy jumps like a hundred feet in the air. I'm an exaggerator. I'm not even exaggerating. I mean, he's like LeBron James in the air, screams like a kindergartner. Like we can hear him screaming all the way back. I mean, we are in stitches, rolling around in the sand dunes, slapping each other, just having a great time. And then we kind of peek up and we see he is in a dead sprint towards our sand dune. Now, here's the deal. That was funny, too, because he was probably like two, three hundred pounds, no shirt, coming at a full sprint. And so we're like high school boys, completely okay with humiliation and just like, oh, my gosh, you know, like dying. And then we're like trying to get all our stuff together and like run out of there. And we got away. He never found us. So moral of the story is, if you're going to do stupid things, don't get caught. But if I'm being honest with you, that experience was kind of how I viewed this idea of telling people about Jesus, this concept of evangelism. If I was being real with you, for most of my journey with God, I felt like I was walking around causing impromptu water balloon fights. It's like I've got this story that's been transformational to me, and I'm like holding it, and I'm just looking to to throw it at somebody, and depending on their mood when it hits them will depend on the outcome of the situation. That, that's really what I thought about evangelism. I thought, like, this is what it is. It's like hurling a water balloon launcher at somebody and hoping that when it hits them that they're thankful and not angry. Am I talking to anybody here, right? Have you ever thought this? It's like you get, you get kind of fired up. Maybe you, you, those of you who grew up in church, you heard some sort of message on, man, we need to be the light of the world. We need to go out into the city, and we need to bring Jesus with us. And you get all excited about it, and then you go out, and you're like, oh, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And you just kind of feel like you're walking around like, how do I do this? Like, how does this actually happen? And here's the thing. I, I think that we're entering into a season where Jesus is going to allow us to see more than we can ask, hope, or imagine. And I just want to say that our hope and expectation is not that we're just going to fill this service, but that we're going to fill many services because of what God's doing in this place. Because God on purpose has put you in the family that you're in and the office that you work in and the school that you attend to bring the kingdom of heaven to that place and for you to be a part of sharing the greatest story in the history of the world to people so they can make the most important decision of their 
lives. I mean, we are going to see a great harvest. People are going to make decisions to follow Jesus. It's going to be absolutely overwhelming, but it's not about throwing water balloons. It's about buckets. It's not balloons. It's buckets. And listen to me. This is what I want you to understand. There's this moment in Scripture where Jesus looks at his disciples for the last time. That, that moment is found in, in Matthew 28. And for my Bible readers in the house, you probably know this story as the story of the Great Commission. And what's amazing about the Bible, and here's what makes the Bible the most important, proven, trusted book in the world. Did you know that the Bible was written over 1,500 years It includes 66 different books that were written by over 35 different individual authors, but they all say the same thing. They all tell one story. That's a miracle. I can't get my family to tell one story. I live with these people. They're like, hey, Dad, you remember when that happened? I'm like, that did not happen. Right? I mean, we do everything together. This is six individuals. We can't tell the same story. Now, you have 1,500 years. All these different people, different areas of the world, all telling the same story. It is a miracle. We we can trust this book. Here's why that's important in understanding what we're going to read here in Matthew 28. Because Matthew 28 is an account. It's Matthew's account of his experience that he had with Jesus. The first four books of the New Testament, which is the back part of your Bible, the part most of us enjoy reading more than, like, Leviticus. Okay? Like, that part, the first four books are four different accounts of the life of Jesus. The fifth book is the book of Acts. That is the story of the birth of the church. So that's important for us to understand is because some of the stories in the Gospels are the same story. Some of the stories in the book of Acts can reflect the Gospel stories. Because they are different people telling the same story on their account and experience with Jesus. Are you with me? So understanding that, Matthew 28 is connected to Acts 1. So I'm going to read for us Matthew 28, this story that we probably, a lot of us have heard, this this moment that's known as the Great Commission. And then we're going to continue on and we're going to read in Acts 1 because they work together. They're not separate, they're Connected, Matthew 28, starting in verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. I got to be honest with you. When I read stuff like that, I feel like a man of faith. Because I'm like, yo, y'all are with Jesus. You're like eating with him, hanging with him. He's like walking through walls for you, doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And you still doubt? I'm like, man of faith. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Everybody say go. Go. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the same name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. How many have heard that passage? Right? That, that's known as the Great Commission. This is a huge moment for the disciples, but also a huge moment for us. Because this is the clearest we'll ever hear Jesus' mission for our lives. 
It is go, make disciples everywhere. Like, it's that simple. Like, Jesus' heart for me, for you, is simple. Go, make disciples everywhere. But here's what I want you to see. Now, let's jump to Acts 1. We're going to go Acts 1. We're going to start in verse 4. And it says, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. This is Jesus giving them this command. It says, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said, it's not for you to know the times and the days. So basically, he's saying, be quiet. Stop trying to figure it out. But you will receive power. Everybody say power. power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. Everybody say witnesses. In Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Verse 9. And after he said this, He was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. Be real with you. I want to see the special features of verse 9. Like, how did it go down? Was it kind of like a slow deal, like super slow-mo, where he's just, like, starting to hover? Or was it, like, super fast? Like, how high did Jesus get before the clouds covered him? Like, was he like an airplane up in the sky, like, waving at him, like, yo, Peter! Right? This is the kind of things that keep your pastor up at night, just so you know. Here's what I want you to understand. Jesus' intent was always and will always be that we would be saturated before we're sent. Can I say that one more time? Jesus' intent is that we would be saturated before we are sent. Sent. Because let me just give you a couple of truths. Here's one. If you're sent and not saturated, you dry up. How many of you had that experience? You try to do something in your own strength. You even try to do good things in your own strength. You find yourself empty, dry, frustrated, and upset. Here's another truth. If you're saturated and not sent, you blow up. Sent and not saturated, you dry up. Saturated and not sent, you blow up. If your relationship with God becomes solely about what you can get and not what you've been created to give, you will find yourself frustrated at people and at God for your whole life because your whole grid on your relationship with God is about give me something, give me something, give me something. And therefore, when things begin to happen around you and you're not getting what you think you should get, you get bitter and frustrated. Isn't it interesting how we kind of find ourselves in the same place, saturated and not sent, blow up, bitter, frustrated, Sent, not saturated, dry up, bitter, frustrated. Jesus' intent that we would be saturated as we are sent. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. We, We are to be saturated as we are sent. I mean, this changes the game. I mean, really living this way, is extremely disruptive to the misunderstanding that I had that going out to be a witness, to share my faith, to make disciples everywhere that I go was like a water balloon fight. That feels very different than what Jesus is talking about, right? 
this idea of a water balloon fight is kind of like, man, I got this beautiful story. I, I like, man, I want to see it. I, I want to see people experience it. But I don't know what to do with it, so I'm just going to look for somebody, try to build up some courage, you know, and just, just like, whew, you know, like trying to, how many of you ever tried to go share your faith? And you go walk to the person, and you just like go, yo. <laughs> Holla at me. Come on. Somebody, I've done that. You're like, all right, I got it, I got it, I got it. You're kind of like, whoa, okay. You peel out, right? We, we try to feel like we have to muster something up because you're like, I'm about to throw something at them that they didn't know I was going to throw at them. And if they're in a bad mood, they're going to get mad. And if they're in a playful mood, then they might pick up a balloon and throw it back. I mean, that was really kind of like my concept, my understanding of what it meant to go and like be a witness, to go everywhere, make disciples. It was like this impromptu water balloon fight. But the truth is, Jesus is saying it's totally different than that. He says that don't go anywhere until power comes on you. When, when power comes on you, then you're going to be my witnesses. So it's not a water balloon fight. It's more like this. It's more like this. Almost like this. It's more like this, all right? It's not a water balloon fight. It's, it's, it's more like this. It's like what, what happens is God comes on you. He gets like all over you. This is what it is. He's like, be saturated. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes on you. And when you're filled, when you're saturated by the Holy Spirit, now all I'm doing is check it out. I just go walk around, and what happens? I leave water. I'm just like chilling. I'm just walking around right now. Look at, look at what's happening on the stage. When wet people hit dry places, they become wet. We're, we're, we're not supposed to go and start water balloon fights with people. We're supposed to get the gospel on us. Like, like the story of the cross is supposed to be on you. Do you know what that means for us is that we have to actually believe that we're saved. I mean, it, you cannot live a saturated life and not be fully aware of the grace that is so real that God extends to us. And when you're living a saturated life, when your life is saturated, then this idea of going and being a witness is and making disciples everywhere that you go is not scary. It's not complicated because it's just you. You're just going it. And this begins to echo other things that Jesus said, like you're the light of the world. Go into dark places and just shine right you're the salt of the earth show up places and change what it feels like to be there what it tastes like to experience right we're supposed to be saturated and then sin it's not an impromptu water fight it's a saturation and then an engagement when you're saturated it matters when you're in an environment can i say that again when you're saturated, it matters that you're in an environment. I mean, we had this experience even this past week. I was at breakfast with a guy, and something that I love to do just really simply is just ask my waiters if I can pray for them. I'm going to pray for my food anyways. Like, why not? Like, hey, dude, how can I bless you? How can I pray for you? And so we, we were talking to this guy, the guy that I was with, and we just engaged him. It was like, hey, man, we're getting ready to pray for our food, and 
is there any way that we could just pray for you? He was like, yeah, absolutely. I'm about to get married. I'd love for you to pray for my future wife and my marriage. We're like, dude, absolutely. And he, like, stays with us, and we, like, pray for him. It's just, like, an amazing moment. And then his response to us was this. Not like, dude, why'd you throw that water balloon at me? His response was, how do y'all stay so positive? Like, I'm picking up on, like, a positive energy. <laughs> like, how do you stay so positive? Like, how do you get that positive energy? I was like, dude, Jesus changed my life. See, I was wet. I went into a dry environment. That's not weird. That's just dry things getting wet. Even here at the school this past week, Moses and I were in the office. We were waiting to meet our contact here, Gladys. She's actually sitting back there. Don't wave, Gladys. I know you hate attention. <laughs> and don't worry. We're going to clean this up, Gladys. Don't stress. <laughs> but we were waiting to, to meet her. The principal of this amazing school comes out, and he's like, hey, we just want to know what time you guys are going to be done on Sunday. We have to come and set some stuff up. School's going to be starting this next week. We're like, cool, cool, cool. And he says, I'm so excited that you guys are going to be in there before we get there because you're going to leave a positive energy. And here's the deal. They don't have language to know what they're talking about. But what they're experiencing is the presence of God. It's the gospel on you invading an environment and then all of a sudden people are welcoming you to hang out in their place they're like hey i need you to come in and be here i don't know exactly what's happening but i know that when you show up the thirst inside of me begins to become quenched so this concept of just going and throwing the gospel at people is incomplete it starts with us being saturated before we're sent as we're sent. But I want to point something out to you. If you've noticed that wherever I step, I'm leaving footprints. But the footprints I'm leaving now are not as intense as the footprints that I was leaving when I first got out of the water. I don't know who you are, but I love you. Can I just be real with us real quick? I think most of us feel more like that than we feel like this. We feel a little bit more separated than we do saturated. And I just want to say some of us actually are. The Bible's crystal clear. Isaiah 59 verse 2 says that our iniquities... Our sins have separated us from God. Your sin has hidden his face from you. He can't even hear you, it says in Isaiah 59. There is a separation. Our sin separates us from God. But I want you to listen to Ephesians 2, starting in verse 12. Remember at the time when you were separated from Christ... Don't you love it when you start seeing the Bible come together? Remember that time when you were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenant and the promise without hope? 
without God in the world, but now in Christ you are one, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. Jump with me to verse 17. He came and preached peace to you, you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. So it doesn't matter where you came from, through what Jesus did for us on the cross, we can go from being separated to being saturated. But here's what I want you to also hear. Some of you are in a relationship with Jesus. He is the Lord of your life, and you're frustrated, dried up, and over it. This concept of being a witness, you're like, man, I don't want to be a witness because if this is what it means to be saved, I don't want anybody to get saved. Because maybe you have a misunderstanding that God is calling you to do something and he's not going to fuel you with what you need to do it. You are called to be saturated before you are sent. He is going to provide for you what you need. You don't need to fight for courage. You need to fight for an encounter. You don't need to try to muster up strength. You need to sit and receive hope. Because the Spirit of God wants to saturate you. He wants to fill you up. Fill you up, not feel you up. That'll make the sermon jam. <laughs> Listen to this, because I want you to understand this. Because when you're saturated and you're not sent, it begins to not matter as much about what we're saying and the fact that we're experiencing the kingdom of heaven as we say it. Because this is what Paul, probably the greatest evangelist of all time, said. He said this in 1 Corinthians 2, this message I preach and how I preach it was not in an attempt to sway you with persuasive arguments, but to prove to you the almighty power of God and the Holy Spirit. For God intended that your faith not be established on man's wisdom, but in trusting in his almighty power. So it's, you don't even need to know what to say when you're saturated. People are going to experience the kingdom and they're going to say, look, man, I don't know what it is, but I need you to come back. I don't know why you're acting this way, but I need you to stick around. I don't know why in the world you're peaceful in the middle of this chaotic storm right now, but I want to know what it is you're believing. Because here's the deal. God is here right now to turn your separation into saturation. And if you're a believer, I want to make a promise to you. Isaiah 55 verse 1 is an invitation for all of us. It says, come, all who are thirsty, come to the water. So if you feel dried up right now, come to the water. You feel separated right now? come to the water. You feel empty right now? Come to the water. You feel disillusioned right now? Come to the water. You feel discouraged right now? Come to the water. You feel empty right now? Come to the water. Come all who are thirsty. Can you stand to your feet? I don't want you to wait until we start singing. Some of you need to start making your way down to the front of this stage right here and say, I am thirsty and I'm coming to drink. Don't care who's sitting next to you. Don't worry about who's looking at you. If you are thirsty, come to the water. If you are needy, come to the water. Your separation is not your destiny. Your saturation is your hope. Come to the water. Come on, let's sing.